Welcome guys to the second episode of the RLS podcast slash client training. This is being done through a video as well. This is the first time that I'm going to do this, so I'm going to try not to refer to anything on the slides. I'm going to try and make it so that you're able to actually listen to this and it has context without me kind of trying to point point out pictures within the slides. But um, don't be surprised if I try to show you something through my voice. Um, that's not really going to work. But once again, guys, just kind of to reiterate and just to kind of let you know what's going to go on in these is I'm just going to look to kind of pick some different topics throughout the week, something that's going to be totally relatable, something that is going to be like a current issue of either myself or my current clients. Or I'm going to look to bring in someone that is slightly, um, not just slightly, much more knowledgeable than me in the, in the topic. But I just, I'm not going to talk necessarily from like absolute kind of like research online and stuff like that. I'm not going to bore you with a load of that stuff. There's going to be certain kind of little bits and pieces I pull from like um, peer-reviewed peer peer studies. And I'm also going to just talk about my own experiences. I'm going to talk about my own kind of coaching experiences, things that have happened to clients, ways that clients have dealt with problems um, and, and stuff like that. Again, it's going to be unedited. It's going to be pretty freestyle. There might be, again, a few stutters. There might be a few pauses. Um, I'm going to look to try and see how I can edit these things. But for the time being, let's just go freestyle. Let's just see how it goes. Let's just see what we can do with this. And we're going to be talking about adjusting to winter. So adjusting to the colder, darker winter months. Now, majority of people do tend to fall away, lose interest, lose motivation around these months. And you know what? There's there's a lot of reasons for that. And there's a lot of justifiable reasons for that. But it doesn't have to be like that. Like We don't have to accept that we're going to put on weight. We're going to lose fitness. We're going to feel shitty about ourselves over November, December, January, February. Oh, God knows. Winter could last till March, April this year. Who knows? Um, we've actually been all right up until probably this week. It's getting a little bit darker and colder this week. But that's Scotland. Um, if you're listening from Australia, I actually had two listens from Australia last year. I wonder who that is. If you're listening from Australia, please let me know who you are because um, that's pretty interesting. And it's hitting summer there just now. So um, you lucky bastards. So again, what I was talking about is adjusting to the colder months. Now, what's fact is, is that we move less, we do less activity, we are less motivated during the darker, colder months. Um, our days are shorter, we wake up in the dark, we go to sleep, probably come home from work in the dark. And that in itself is, is just, it's enough to actually demotivate you and don't feel like you're kind of an outlier to be demotivated during those times because at the end of the day, like I'm, I feel a lot more motivated during the summer. I feel a lot more willing to get out of my bed um, and that's normal. Again, the reason for that could simply be down to the fact that it's darker. Your body actually thinks that it's it's time to sleep. You wake up in the morning, it's still dark. Your body's like, I could easily fall back asleep here. And the simple reason for that is now, let me try and not butcher the name of this, but in response to darkness, the pineal gland begins to produce melatonin. Melatonin is essentially a 
serotonin-derived hormone, I'm using a lot of big words here, I know, um, which promotes you feeling sleepy. So you'll have heard of people kind of taking melatonin um, to induce sleep. Now, it's not actually available um, in the UK over, over the counter. Um, you need to be prescribed this. Um, I think you can kind of just buy it over the counter in, in like US and stuff like that. And it actually promotes sleepiness. So when it's dark, your body will produce more melatonin. Your body will try to induce a certain amount of sleep. If it's light, the exact opposite happens. Um, so this is the reason why I tell people not to kind of be looking at their iPhone really late at night, watching Netflix, like right up until the moment you sleep, because that blue light coming out of the TV actually reverses that um, that function. It then will kind of reduce melatonin, and it will mean that you your body still thinks it's it's time to wake up. Um, so again, that's one of the reasons why you may just be feeling a little bit less motivated and tired in the mornings and at nights when you're kind of looking to do other things that you usually would do in the summer. Something, again, I, a little task I had some of my clients do the other day was like, like, think about winter's nights. Like, what do you typically associate that with? For me, and for some of the most common answers were that oh, you associate that with staying in, getting cozy, watching Netflix hot chocolate, probably just feeling really comfortable, feeling warm. And you think about you think about Christmas, you think about these kind of these dark nights where you really don't want to do much. Now, if you flip it on its head, what do you associate with summer nights? You associate possibly going out for a walk because it's still light. It's still reasonably warm until like nine, half, nine, ten in the height of summer. You associate that with kind of being able to do things when the weather's good. You actually your day's extended, there's a good chance that you're actually moving a lot more throughout the day because you've got an extended window to actually be able to move. So, for example, this morning, woke up at just before six. It was absolutely pitch black outside. You go to the gym. I've been in the gym for an hour doing a, having a client. You come back out, it's still dark. Not a lot of people are able to do that. They're really more inclined to stay in their bed however if you wake up and the sun's just beating through your window you're like ready to take on the day you're like right sun's out i'm ready to get up and you're just so much more inclined and these are the kind of things that we associate cold winter night cold winter day slash nights with and summer nights with and the reason that we associate these things is basically the reason that we that we actually have less activity when it's colder and we have more activity when it's warmer Hopefully that kind of makes sense. The way that you associate these, the weather, the months with certain kind of certain actions, certain habits is the reason that you keep doing them. So again, to talk about the facts, um, to cite a couple of papers, Hamilton 2008, UK adults exhibit, exhibit higher step counts in summer compared to the winter months. You're actually expected to do around 2,000 extra steps during the summer um, than you do in the winter, and that's in males and females. So matter of the fact is people just do less steps during the winter. Another kind of thing that's useful to do, and it's, it's not necessarily useful, it's just it'll help you realise this. If you've never checked your health app before, go on your iPhone, if you've got an iPhone, type in health on the top search bar, look for the, well, search health, then go to steps. Once you've been on steps, just go and click like the yearly kind of um, the yearly outline of what your steps look like. 
once you've looked at that, scroll back a couple of years and just see what the trend looks like. And typically it goes from like January, February, slightly lower. You go into the summer months, it'll perk up by 2,000, 3,000 steps. And then as you go back into the winter months, it'll fall down. So again, that just shows us that there's a good chance without you even really thinking about it, without you even being aware of it, your steps are going to be a lot less. So another kind of thing that I thought was pretty cool was looking up studies to kind of back up some of these claims was that um, Leo 2011 asked the question that did, does dog ownership influence seasonal patterns of neighborhood-based walking amongst adults? Now, this is obviously a US study, but what it shows is like, if you have a dog, you maintain activity over winter. Now, just a fun little fact for you, there's not really much context to that. So basically the answer to keep you moving during winter is to have a dog. So everyone get a dog now. Great idea. Um, so take a little bit of a pause there. If I actually knew how to edit podcasts, I would have some little advert in right now, just be selling some kind of supplement or something like that, and they would pay me loads of money. But I don't, so I'm going to keep speaking. Try to pause, try to take a breath, and move on to the next part. So, you obviously want answers right now. It's easy me telling you that, oh, in the winter, you, you move less, you do less activity, you're less motivated. You already know that. Like You don't need me to tell you that what you need is a solution as to how can I shape my environment? How can I shape my days, my habits and routines to make sure that I, I actually don't allow this to happen, that I'm, I'm aware of this and I can make changes over the winter months so that it's easier for me to a, maintain my shape, actually get fitter, um, stay motivated. There's a couple of things that I would say that you'd probably be able to do right now that are going to be massively helpful. So first of all, it is setting up your environment, setting up things to make them easier and to make them more attractive. So I'll always refer to Atomic Habits here. Um, if any of you have read the book, it's, it is a game changer. It's really helpful. And basically what it does is it talks about how to make a habit and how to make a habit like more likely for you to, to do it, essentially. So what you basically want to think about is you want to think about making the habit, let me refer to my, my sheet here, make it easy, make it obvious, make it attractive and make it satisfying. So how can we think about doing that in the sense of trying to prepare for a cold winter's day when we feel really, really low on motivation? So something, I'll take you through a step-by-step -step thing that I do right now. So first of all, what I have is I have a Lumi light which essentially is an alarm clock, which gradually lights up your room um, from dim light all the way to almost lighting up your whole room. And that basically mirrors your kind of like artificial light. It, it, sorry, it mirrors like the sunlight coming through your window, which can really help you wake up naturally rather than just getting like punched in the face by your alarm clock and going like, get up. Because there's more chance of you snoozing that way. At least if you kind of, you're woken up by light, then as I spoke about before, that natural kind of, waking up pattern where it's not like it's not just an alarm clock like waking you up suddenly because then you're more likely to be like oh god i can't be arsed getting up but at least if you're woken up gradually then it's it's a bit it's a bit kinder to you um another thing i do is if i have 
something that I've got to do early in the morning. Hence, it could be like, not hence, it could be going to the gym or something like that. What I'll basically do is I will, I'll set my clothes out, simple. Set my clothes out, set my trainers out, set, set out exactly what I need to wear. So I'm not raking about in a dark room with my phone torch looking for the clothes that I need to wear, waking up everyone else in the house. Pretty simple step. If you plan on eating before you go away to do anything, go through to your kitchen the night before, weigh out whatever it is. So for me, I eat oats every morning. So can you go weigh out those oats if you have any supplements to take, put them in whatever it is, like a little cup or something like that, make sure they're set out so you're not like raking through like five or six different tubs in the morning. You probably save yourself only like a couple of minutes there, but it's a couple of minutes that you get back to yourself in the morning so that you're not running about. Again, if you are looking to start a habit of drinking water, can you get some water, put it in the fridge so that that's ready to go? Can you set, even something I do as well is that I literally will put coffee in a cup so and fill up the kettle so that I don't, again, have to fill up the kettle. I don't have to get the coffee thing out. It just, it's, it's tiny little things, but again, it saves you a few minutes and means that there's going to be less stress in your morning because there's nothing worse than waking up on a dark morning and like, oh shit, I don't know where my clothes are. What do I have to do? I don't know what I'm going to have for breakfast. Like, there's nothing set out there. So what I'll do is I'll just skip breakfast or I'll just go and run on coffee. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just if you plan and if you want to have breakfast, if you want to drink water, if you want to take your supplements, if you want to make your morning oh, like stress-free to a certain extent, avoid all these things. Avoid all these things. Sorry, do all these things the the night before just to leave that stress, because there's more more of a chance you're going to be a rush in the you're going to be rushing in the morning than you are at night. At night, you've probably got as much time as you really want to kind of set this stuff up. So it's a couple of things that I would say to do, and. Before I kind of mentioned that, what I spoke about was how can we make it obvious? Well, we make it obvious by setting it right out in front of us. How do we make it easy? Oh, well, we prepared it the night before. How do we make it attractive? Well, I mean, there's nothing overly attractive about setting out a coffee cup and some vitamins, but if we can make it attractive by having a breakfast that we like. So for me, I love eating oats and protein. There's just something about it that I could eat it every single day. So to me, that's attractive. So firstly, I've made it I've made it obvious, I've made it easy, I've made it satisfying, and I've made it attractive um, to a certain extent. So those are the things that I would say to make your morning instantly a lot easier. Um, what else are we talking about now? So this would be a good time for a pause. So we've modified everything. We can, so Lumi Lights as well, I spoke about them. They're, I mean, they're pretty expensive considering it is just an alarm clock that lights up. But I managed to find one for £33 on Boots the other week there. And I honestly would recommend them a lot. Only problem is if you're waking up at a different time to say your partner, then um, it might piss them off a little bit. Because say, for example, you're getting up at six, you're going to light the room up fully um, by about 10 to six. The other person's probably not going to be that happy with that. You could kind of come up with some sort of deal there. Um, something I would also recommend not doing in the morning is avoid your phone. Avoid looking at your phone. Avoid opening your laptop before you've kind of done all of these things because instantly, say for example, a couple of mornings ago, I opened up my phone on Monday morning and Monday morning's a busy day for me. What I did was 
opened the notification, opened the WhatsApp message, and next thing I know, I'm like four WhatsApp message, messages deep with someone um, replying through voice messages. And then next time I look at the clock, I've got 10 minutes before I need to leave. I now don't have enough time to make my breakfast. I barely had time to brush my teeth, had to get that done. Again, it's just something that's going to waste time. It's going to waste your energy. And it could more than likely start off your day with some sort of negative spin. Imagine that someone just has messaged you and told you, oh, something's went wrong at work or we need you. I don't know. It could be anything, but we want to try and avoid screen time until we really need to look at it. Um, now, I know a lot of people's phones will be related to their work, but if we can avoid that until at least after breakfast, um, we will start off our day a little bit better. Something else to think about is obviously our preparation um, for the next morning. So again, we've already spoke about preparing stuff in advance the night before, but we're going to make our next morning a lot easier if we get a better sleep. That's just that's just simple, basic advice, but it's true. If we can begin to start to replace watching Netflix until literally the second that we KO, we're going to be on to a winner. If we can avoid looking at social media, especially Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, because honestly, you go into TikTok, you watch it for five minutes, you're down a rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you're watching a, a dog do a bungee jump or something like that. And you, you're, you don't even know where you are. Honestly, like I, th I think I literally watched something like that the other day. It was like a, a dog jumping out of a plane and I'm sitting at quarter to 12 at night and the next thing you know, I'm waking up in the morning absolutely shattered. Like TikTok is probably one of the worst. Instagram, again, would be sigging. Can you set a rule for yourself? Half an hour before bedtime, the phone goes away. And even better, can you swap that for something like a podcast? Um, can you swap that for something like an audio book? Can you read a book? Something that is just going to mean that you don't have that blue light in your eyes flashing away, disrupting your kind of the duration that it takes you to get to sleep. And it's not just the fact of the blue light going in your eyes. It's the things that you're reading online. So I don't know, you could be struggling right now with a little bit of comparison for to do with anything. Could to be be to do with your body, could be to do with your job. And first of all, you you open you open Instagram and you see ex-individual looking absolutely incredible standing on a beach making thousands at their job and you're like that's not me you go to sleep you're stressed out you're thinking about what could be you're comparing yourself to other people there's nothing beneficial about that and it's only going to disrupt sleep so that would be a couple of tips to deal with mornings and nights and in turn that is going to make your next day a lot easier and it's going to mean that you don't feel more obliged to kind of press snooze three times and think oh, I can't be arsed for these dark cold mornings and um, there's a good chance you hate the cold dark mornings because you're knackered and because you're you're stressed out so moving on to the next stage what I want to start thinking about now is we kind of relate winter to as I spoke about at the start we relate winter to eating more moving less kind of just taking the chains off and really just going right fuck it like it's christmas it's winter and what we're what we tend to find is like some people will start this fuck it period in in november they'll start it probably next week and then it carries all the way into the second week of january so my question to you right now is how long is your fuck it period how long do you allow yourself 
a little bit of freedom over the winter months to genuinely just go, right, we're going to relax what I'm doing here with my fitness. I'm going to relax what I'm doing here with my nutrition. And I'm going to just enjoy myself. I'm going to just enjoy Christmas, enjoy winter. For me, this has increasingly got slightly shorter over the years. Um, so before I was probably like, oh, it's the 1st of December. Let's absolutely go mental and just and just drink and drink and drink until, until I didn't even know what day it was. It would be Christmas Day, next thing I knew it. But then I kind of probably went the opposite way a couple of years ago, whereas I was like, I'm going to enjoy Christmas Day, I'm going to enjoy New Year's Day, and I'm being strict as anything and not enjoying anything in the middle and saying no to this and no to that. I'm not drinking at this party. I'm not going out and genuinely just taking it to the to the other end of the scale. Now, it's not helpful to probably be at both ends of those scale. And again, there's, there's not a there's not a duration. There's not a right duration. There's not a wrong duration. There's not a time where it's like, okay, you're allowed to do that or you're not allowed to do that. But can we think about the end goal? Can we think about what our actual, what's the purpose of what we're doing just now in terms of fitness and health and trying to improve whatever it is we're trying to improve? It's going to be beneficial for you to enjoy Christmas, to enjoy a beer, to enjoy actually just exploding with a little bit extra calories, like eating more than you usually would. That is going to be massively beneficial. I would say more beneficial than not doing it. But can we take into consideration that if we allow these kind of bad habits to go from, I don't know, say, I don't know, just the second week in December, and then we continue that all the way over into January, second week in January, there's a good chance you're going to make a lot of backwards movement in terms of where you want to be. So can we enjoy ourselves, but have a little bit of discipline along the way and understand that you don't have to drink every single day. You don't have to eat shit every single day you can find a balance you can enjoy yourself and you can keep training i think as i move on to the next part i think the main thing that we can do is we can almost we can realize that we can actually take a break here we can take our foot off the gas in terms of nutrition we can we can definitely think about having a little bit more calories but at the same time can we even put the foot down um, on the gas in terms of training and realise that we could actually benefit from this this added amount of calories over the Christmas period. And I'm going to come on to that soon. So one thing I wanted to touch on pretty quickly was New Year resolutions. Now, I've got something against New Year resolutions. And don't get me wrong, like a lot of people can start a good, successful, whatever it is, weight loss, um, gym habit after New Year. Some people do, but I think all the evidence over the years suggests that it tends to not work. And again, another study, Norcross, 1989. Now this is quite an old one, so it may have actually changed. It's probably it's probably even less now. That 77% maintained their pledges for one week, but only 19% actually continued on with those good habits for two years. Um, so it, it just goes to show you like these kind of impulsive decisions on the 1st of January, they very, very rarely stick long term. And there's a couple of reasons why that happens. And it's because you go too much too soon. You want to change everything in your life on, the Janu on January 1st. You've just spent the last three weeks eating shit, drinking beer, turkey sandwiches for breakfast. And 
you now decide on January the 1st, I'm going to the gym five times a week, I'm going to go on a keto diet, and I'm going to try to change everything at once. And overwhelm overcomes you. You do too much at once, and it doesn't feel sustainable. The minute that you kind of hit any sort of stressful situation, you down tools because you're like, too much, it's overwhelming, you can't maintain it, and you don't enjoy it. And again, a lot of people decide to actually cut out something that they really love doing. And it usually involves eating and drinking. And that in itself is never helpful. Like, don't get me wrong, there's always a, a kind of opportunity to stop eating or drinking as much as you did before. As you did before. But so many common ones, like I'm going to stop eating chocolate and I'm going to stop drinking wine. Now, it's just the normal it's just normal human nature if you restrict something so much you're going to want it a hell of a lot more so if you love chocolate if you love drinking if you love eating out if you love could be anything could be anything that you you typically like doing then don't think about taking it away altogether think about reducing it yes but taking it away altogether is just simply going to result in a binge at some point so a simple rule is why can we not begin to think about not subtracting something can we think about adding something so don't think let's let's subtract chocolate altogether let's think about can we add in doing some more gym work can we add in an extra walk during the week can we add in oh it could be anything it could be add in doing a session of yoga every single week can we add in going back to the sport that we used to play so don't think subtract on New Year. Think plus. What can I add to my life right now rather than take away? Um, so that's something to think about for your New Year resolution this year. So as I kind of touched on over the last five minutes is training over winter. So there may actually be the capability for you to have a tactical diet break over winter. And this is something that I implement with a lot of clients so last year, it actually worked really well, um, especially for people that were on a fat loss phase slash dieting phase. What can happen over winter is we can just begin to attach so much guilt to eating what we usually like to eat over Christmas. Now, everyone knows it's a high calorie time of the year. Everyone knows that it means that there's going to be parties. There's going to be people putting on kind of big spreads and we're going to eat more so let's think of it this way as a tactical diet break now i know you can't see the photo just now but i've got a photo of um josie Mourinho. Um, i think he's a slightly outdated tactician i don't think he's done anything good for a number of years now but um when we are exercising at a moderate or high intensity the main energy source of that exercise is going to be carbohydrate so when we're in a in a fat loss phase when we're in a calorie deficit, there's a good chance that these stores of carbohydrate are going to be pretty low. So they may be a major limiting factor in your performance with, say, for example, you're doing some high intensity exercise or you're doing some circuits or you're doing something that's a little bit, that basically something that makes you sweat, something that gets you out of breath. What we can begin to think about and flip it on its head is, can we have this diet break and can we then there's a good chance we're going to be adding in carbohydrates. Let's just be absolutely honest here. We're going to have a lot more carbohydrates available to us in our body. And when we've been through this fat loss phase, 
and you add in more carbohydrates, you're going to notice it when you're training. So let's think about it this way. So the way that I did it for a couple of clients last year was I said, right, from the 23rd of December through to New Year, we're going to have a tactical diet break. We're going to add in 400 to 500 extra calories on a daily basis. Now, this might seem quite a lot, but most people will kind of overeat by that anyway. Um, so I give them to this and I say, this is available to you on, say, for example, whatever day it was. Again, we don't track calories on Christmas or Boxing Day. Um, I'll never tell anyone to do that if they don't want to. Um, however, we can add in some extra calories here and I put it to them in this way. Think about the extra calories that you have right now, the extra carbohydrate. Go into a training session and let me know how it feels after you've eaten quite a lot. Um, obviously, there's a there's a limit. If you if you eat loads just before your training session, scran a whole turkey, turkey with a whole loaf of bread, you're probably not going to feel too good. However, if you've been in that deficit for, say, one, two, three months, these additional calories could actually boost performance. Now, it could work both ways, but this is just a way of, of articulating it um, to to yourself or to clients just to let them know that this could be beneficial for our performance right now. We may actually get a little bit stronger. We may actually see the numbers go up a little bit. And by the time this tactical diet breaks over, we may feel recharged, mentally ready to go again for our next stage of our fat loss phase. So let's think of it that way this winter. Um, but the reason it's tactical is that it doesn't last the whole of December and two weeks into January. It's a little break. It allows you to not feel guilt for eating higher calories, eating a whole box of celebrations, drinking boxes for your breakfast. It allows you to take a break, recharge, and be ready to go again in January. So let's see what's next. So another way to kind of look at it as well, because I know a lot of people get a little bit caught up in nutrition over winter and they think, oh, I'm going to put on so much weight. I'm going to ruin my fat loss. I'm going to totally fuck it. The matter of the fact is most people don't actually add that much weight over winter. After they've kind of eaten a lot on Christmas Day, they tend to think, oh, I just feel so horrible. I've put on a bit of stone. I mean, there's various things. If you've drinking a bit of alcohol, you probably retained a lot of water. You probably just feel heavy because of the amount of carbohydrate that you've had. So majorly one pound of fat is equal to around about 3,500 calories. So think about one pound of fat. That means if you eat an extra 350 calories of food a day, which is about equal to, say, like a large piece of cake or something like that, or a medium milkshake, you would gain an extra pound about every 10 days. So 350 times 10, 3,500 calories. So if we think about that around Christmas, it's, it's probably quite easy to consume that over 10 days. But in the grand scheme of things, one pound of fat for 3,500 calories, it's not a lot of weight. And it's very easy to take that back off again. So have a think about taking the foot off the gas, enjoying a beer, having that bit of cake, having that Christmas pudding, and just try not to turn your Christmas into a two-week bender. And you'll, pro you'll seriously not risk yourself putting on much weight at all. Um, so there's an American study that says it's commonly asserted that the average American gains around about five pounds, 2.27 kilograms over the holiday period. But... That is commonly asserted. However, a couple of other studies have said that average holiday weight gain is only around about 0 0.37 kilograms, a lot less than 
what you'll see on some of these like articles and stuff like that. So again, it could be anywhere from around about nothing to two two kilograms. I think that's what's what typically happens on average. But again, these studies that I brought up are based on Americans. And I'm sure we're not too far off on average as a population. But when you think about it, it's not a massive lot of weight. And if you have the non-negotiables in place, if you keep trading, if you allow yourself a little bit of freedom, but don't take it too far, then you'll be onto a winner and you'll be back in, back into the, sw the swing of things pretty quickly. So we're coming near to the end of the podcast slash live training. Um, and there's a couple of different things that I would, I would think about now. And it's how can we begin to think about setting ourselves up for a successful start to January right now? How can we start thinking about, how can we start thinking about not waiting till January? Now I've spoken to a few people over the past few weeks and they've kind of mentioned a, a couple of things like, I'll oh, maybe start in January. Like I think we put this, we kind of put this date on a pedestal as, as if it's some sort of magical kind of dating. I know again, this, this might not mean a lot to some people, but there's 14 different calendars in the world. They're kind of just like an imagined kind of time scale. And at the end of the day, they don't really have much significance. Again, we go day by day, the sun comes up, the sun goes down. We don't really need to put the January 1st on a pedestal. And I think if you are, the best thing that you can actually do is put yourself in the best position possible for January 1st. Would you rather be starting on January 1st in the same position you are right now or even a slightly worse position? Or would you rather have a step ahead? Would you rather be feeling a bit more confident, feeling a little bit fitter, feeling feeling a bit with a bit more energy? Or would you rather kind of drag that down a little bit further over the next couple of months and really not nail your routines and habits right now? so that when you're in January, it's just, it's an even bigger uphill battle. And trust me, people that will succeed in January and February will be the people that are deciding to start stuff now. Because if you can do it over Christmas and you can do it over these winter months, then I promise you that when it hits into the months where it starts to get a little bit brighter and warmer, you will be in such a better place to kind of continue going. And although it's a little bit superficial and it's a little bit kind of, I don't want to say shallow, it's not shallow, it's not anything like that, but we can then begin to start thinking about, oh, well, I'm going to be in shape for summer because if I can do it through winter, then by no means am I going to have to struggle into like April, May and June to desperately get in shape for, for summer. You're going to be in shape anyway. You're going to be happy with the way you look. And this, moving on to this quote that I've seen someone put up earlier, um, it's not really related to anything that we've kind of spoke about today, but in a sense, it absolutely is. And it's, if the pain of staying the same has to be, oh, wait, Jesus Christ, I've, I've absolutely murdered that quote. So basically what I was trying to say was, the pain of staying the same has to be more than the pain of change. So basically what that's referring to is like, if you are less arsed about staying the same than you are about changing. So if changing doesn't bother you as much as staying the same, then there's a good chance that you're probably not going to make any changes over this winter. If you're not really bothered and it's not kind of, I don't know, it's it's not it's not a big enough goal of yours. It's you don't have a deep enough reason as to why you want to change, and 
staying the same feels comfortable and staying the same is fine and you're not really that bothered, then there's a good chance over winter that you'll probably struggle to make change. But right now, if you're in a place where you're you're in a little bit of pain, you're struggling a little bit, you find that you really, really want change, but you just don't know how to do it, then you're in a quite a powerful position. Now, I know it will sound strange to say if you're in pain and you're struggling, then you're in a you're in a strong position, but you are because you now have the you now have the why. You now have the reason as to why you want to change and why you want to adapt your life right now. And I honestly think right now is the best time to start because as I said, if you can do it over winter, you can do it over these difficult months where it's dark, when it's cold, when it's icy outside, then I promise you coming into the new year, you'll be able to kick on. It'll feel like a I feel like a walk in the park. So Coming to the end of the podcast, um, hopefully that was useful. Still got the training wheels on um, for podcasting. I'm doing this through a Zoom as well, so hopefully the sound quality was was half decent. Um, I'm always going to end the podcast with another podcast recommendation. So my podcast recommendation for this week was, I must admit, it was probably the best podcast like, this is quite a, a massive statement to make. Let me try and find it. Um, but it was probably the best podcast I've ever listened to, which is quite a statement to make. Um, so it is episode 101 of the Diary of a CEO podcast with Stephen Bartlett, and it's the happiness expert that made 51 million people happier. His name's Mo Godat, or Gaudat, um, whatever way you want to say it. Um, he basically speaks about how he has come up with a essentially like a, an equation to stay happy or to or to kind of escape depression. Um, but he goes into so many other things, and it's it's honestly one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. So would strongly recommend that after listening to this podcast. So hopefully there was something that you could take from that. Hopefully there was a couple of little bits and pieces which are going to help you stay motivated. Um, help you get out of bed in the morning in the winter months and help you properly kick on the next the next three, four months. And I'm absolutely praying that it's not a bad winter, but I'm assuming it probably is going to be. So thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, and I will catch you in a bit. <laughs>